0: Well, welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner today. I'm joined by James. And James, we've gone up market, haven't we? Look at this. We've got a backdrop. We've got we gone really professional with the Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong now. But uh, I'd just like to kick off in the usual way. Uh, free beer for all our uh, Leicester City fans that are uh, tuning in on Facebook Live and watching these videos throughout the week. It's beer52.com. They're offering a free case of eight beers for you to enjoy. They're from the, all around the world. All you have to do is pay... For your postage and packing, which is £5.95, you go to beer52.com and use the magic word Leicester to sign up and get your free beer. Now, James, Mm. let's kick off with the transfer. I mean, it was a late night for both of us. Transfer deadline day. We've just about recovered after a weekend off. Um, It all got a bit frenetic in the end, didn't it? But... they got a couple of deals over the line uh on the evening and uh I think overall it looked a
1: pretty positive window. I think so, yeah. For me, I think it was a really really, really positive window. I know there was that bit in the middle where people were getting a little bit worried that drinkwater might go, Mares could go wherever he was, and that Leicester was struggling to bring in, there weren't being linked with any more centre backs, um it all looked like it was a bit of going out as opposed to coming in. But then as it all kicked off and drinkwater departing Silva uh, silver and drag Ridge coming in. We don't want to lose drink water. Um, it's sad to see him go and a for the football club. Um and in an ideal world you would rather have him stayed but as it looked like he he would like to he wanted to go and the money was there and with Leicester having a replacement in silver who's a long term target lined up, it made more it made sense to, to get the deal done. So if you look at it you've got you've lost drink water but you brought in a long term target as a replacement and made a profit on on the deal, if you uh, with uh, drink water being thirty-five million and Silva being less than that, bringing in Dragovic as another, as another long-term target and central defensive option, um, I think hectic, but I think a, a decent window. We brought in Maguire, who's arguably the most, the biggest bargain of the summer, bringing him in at seventeen million before the before all that the pricing kicked off. Uh, Ian Acho excellent goal record. And once he's back in running, um, I think I think it's a re- pretty good window.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look, if the um, the idea was to strengthen the core of the side, yeah. uh, they certainly did that with Jakupović coming in goal, two centre backs, which is exactly what they wanted. Yeah. That was the target. Two midfield players, yeah, which we, well, yeah. we, we sort of um, we were a bit surprised by two central midfield players because they had a number of options there anyway. But obviously, the drink water sale forced their hand. work then they have always wanted Adrian Silva. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to come last time as well. So we thought he was coming last yeah, time. Yeah, and so they've got a player that's motivated and, and determined to come in and uh, make his mark there. And then Ian Iheanacho, I think he's the one that's going to excite mm. a lot of fans. He scored uh, on his comeback from uh, that toe injury for uh, Nigeria over the weekend, coming off the bench there. So it's all positive ahead of the, the Chelsea game that um, could, uh could feature. So I think they've addressed a lot of the deficiencies from the last summer transfer yeah. window in this summer. Um, not as many outgoings as I expected. No. We expected, um, obviously Papi Mendy went back to Nice but we thought Ahmed Musa would go to the Hall. Um, there was a few, well, there was obviously earlier in the window there was a lot of question marks about Leo Joe until he signed that new yeah. contract. And right up to the deadlines, well, Islam Lamstermani been mentioned as well and linked with other jobs?
1: Yeah, I'm surprised actually. Um, it was, uh, Shakespeare had said during the window they expected one or two to go and we took that to mean the likes of uh Musa uh Mendy Slomani potentially if they got a good enough offer but he was probably too expensive for a lot of clubs um yeah say Mendy as well Ben as well um Shakespeare made it relatively clear that Ben would not be featuring very high up in his plans um but as it was only really Mendy that the departed of those lot we thought that Musa would be joining Hull on loan but it looked like Musa wasn't overly keen on dropping down to the Championship Which I think is a shame because I think he would have done pretty well in the Championship He's, he's so fast And he would get, I don't know, five You'd get two, three, four times as many chances in the Championship As you would in the Premier League And I think it would have been good for his confidence But like playing for a manager that knows him very well Exactly, I know yeah I thought they would, um, So I thought that would be a deal that would go through And would be good for both parties But not all done But like I say, a very, very frantic deadline day
0: Well let's talk about one of the deals that did get done Later on Danny Drinkwater departure, uh, it, it came very, very late. We obviously, we knew about Chelsea's interest at mm. the window and the £23 million offer they put in was way below Leicester City's valuation, although we didn't know what that valuation was because <laughs> they said we're not putting a price on a player we don't want to sell. But ultimately, right at the death, they come back in with 35 million. They they were desperate to get players in, and other deals didn't work out for them on the day. The they drink water one suddenly become a quite an attractive one to get done. So, what do you what you made of, um, Danny's departure, and more importantly, his return, which is imminent on Saturday with his new club.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Fitting, isn't it? Um, like I say it was fans were rather in much state. I think he, he's experienced here, uh, knows the club, links well with Jamie Vardy. Has brought a lot to the club, both the Championship and the Premier League. But as we say, it looks as like he had made it quite clear that he wanted to depart. I don't think. I think he's going to. The fans aren't going to be as welcoming to him as maybe they were when Kante came back. I know Kante got the odd boo, but it was maybe his one bloke and his dog who was booing him. I think Drinkwater's reception is going to be a little bit. It's not as positive, mainly because I think of the timing of everything. Um, with Mares, we've seen that he released a statement very early in the window, but he then had chance to show on the pitch that he was still keen to play for the football club despite wanting to move. Going to put all his efforts in, perform really well, and that soon that soon makes fans become more on your side. With Drinkwater, I think the case that he that official transfer request went in so late in the window so close to deadline day a lot of fans were a bit thinking well you've not really given Leicester much of a chance to line up Four a replacement days. exactly you've Four not really, you've you've not given Leicester much of a chance to line up a replacement if you're making your official transfer request so late in the window the perception of him going to chelsea where doesn't he's not i know they're short centre-midfielders but he's not really guaranteed much he's not guaranteed to start i think fans will take won't take as, as much of a glowing View on Drinkwater is maybe maybe they could they could have done because of what he's off the club. I've in, I've uh, I have to say on the record I've,
0: I've enjoyed watching Drinkwater's development. Yeah. I interviewed him the first day he signed. It was a Saturday morning. He was down uh, down the training ground, and he looked, seemed a very shy, yeah. sort of withdrawn, introverted sort of character. Uh, it wasn't clear uh, initially that he was going to make it uh, City, uh, I remember one game at Watford away in the old condemned stand where the away dug out there was no fans around, so you can hear everything that was being said and uh, Nigel Pearson was going mad at uh, and Craig Shakespeare as well at Danny because he was playing that night and, it, and City suffered a defeat there and they were trying to get him to screen the back four and he was all over the shop and he was in and out of the team and then suddenly uh, after the great escape season he just emerged as this England international, uh, yeah. and he just and obviously we we know he was kept out of that side um, by Matty James and Esteban Cambiaso. I mean, you know, hard to get Cambiaso out exactly. of any Leicester City side, and uh, but then he's suddenly emerged and he's grown up and he's developed and now with the way he
1: conducts himself in press conferences and in mixos,
0: he's a man. Yeah, I think no, that's a boy think to a man.
1: Exactly, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I remember in his early days at Leicester, um, conducting interviews with him was very very tough and very difficult, and trying to get blood out of a stone, and would hardly give you anything. Uh, and he it was, it was one of the most difficult to get things out of. But then, as his game on the, on the field developed and his character developed and he became more mature, he became a lot easier to interview and he became more more willing to stop in the mix zone, uh, even after defeats, and talk honestly about about stuff and about things. He'd always give you an honest answer. Yeah, he would, you yeah. You know, just spew out the, the usual media
0: train stuff. He would give you his honest opinion about things, which was refreshing in many ways.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think... I feel that both on and off the pitch he developed a lot at Leicester and matured a lot at Leicester. And you would say Leicester are in a, are in a better place now as he's left than he were when he, when he got here. And he's, he's played a large part in that.
0: So I hope that he gets a
1: decent reception when he comes back. I
0: know we inevitably, we know what football's like, we're not yeah. naive. We know there'll be uh, some fans that will feel um, let down by him in yeah. some way. But I think if you look back over his career at Leicester City and that, what he's achieved and what he's been part of, I think he deserves a warm yeah, reception. I agree. Uh, What about Riyad Mahrez? Because we talk about deadline day, <laughs> and it just kicked off in the most bizarre fashion uh, with a tweet by the Algerian Football Federation "Yeah, the night before, yeah, we've allowed Riyad Mahrez to leave the training camp to go and uh, what was the formalise f- formalise his uh, transfer to his new club." Yeah. Uh, it quickly emerged there wasn't a club in for him, but it, it did spake, uh, take that nearly all morning of people going where is Mares? where's Mares? is he in Barcelona is he in Paris is he in England Where where is he I mean, where is he going to end
1: up he ended up at Leicester City but what did you make of that yeah I know it was but it was odd wasn't it I mean watching as we all do we had Sky Sports News on in the office and their deadline day coverage going to journalists at each ground every time I kept going back to uh, the bloke at Beaver Drive it was like where's Riyad Mahrez no idea and it, if I wanted to go missing or to learn how to go missing I'd speak to Riyad Marez. I don't think it was as it wasn't as crazy and as ludicrous as people made out. Had he got had he got on that plane for Algeria to go to Zambia? It would have been his ten-hour flight, and that's one of the very few direct ones. Had he been on, had he gone? On, how has he been on the flight and been in the air? Had a deal come in or had a bid come in? He would have been struggled to complete it. So he just went to a place uh, to an airport where he could be he could get to any other location quick enough if a bid came in. to to sort a deal out Um, but that deal never came through so he just sat wherever he was sat at some airport or some hotel or some restaurant or lobby wherever and just sat there until the deadline passed and it did and I'm happy he's still here to be honest.
0: I think that most Leicester fans are because he's a unique player. I have to say I think he's been very poorly advised throughout. First of all by pressing that nuclear button there, the nuclear option. Uh, Of uh, announcing you want to leave early in in the uh, in the transfer window when there wasn't really a club in Mm. for you, and because obviously then you're making it all public. But then to then do that, be convinced to go and do that flight when there was no club in, and there was some ridiculous reporting as well. I mean the 45 million pound offer from Chelsea, BN Sport ran. um, There was no such bid. There was no such offer. There was no such interest. And uh, so it was all just very, and it just seemed a little bit. Sad, really, and it made him look a bit silly. Yeah, and he's, and he's a Ballon d'Or nominee, you know, he's a PFA player of the year, he deserves better than that.
1: And he's not the kind of lad who he's, we've seen this window, the likes of Virgil van Dijk and Philip Coutinho and such sorts who want to move and want to move so badly that the toys come out of the pram, tools get downed, and they want no more of it. I know that statement that came out at the start of the window was very strongly worded, um, and the, the the statements that came out throughout the window from Mares or from Marez's camp were strongly worded they never really sounded like how Riyad would talk or they, they felt very representative driven because um, Riyad you see, see him playing on the pitch and seeing videos of him in Algeria kicking a ball around with no shoes on he just loves to play football doesn't he and I think and that's why we love watching him play yeah, yeah, he's an element you know. of a kid in a park so I, yeah exactly and I, I feel like he's been advised very poorly and it's taken away, the it's masked a little bit. That lad, he just wants to play football. And I, I always got the sense that while he would like to have left Leicester, if it transpired that he, that he hasn't as, as now has, that he doesn't really, he doesn't, he doesn't. It's not, it's not the end of the world. He'll, he'll turn up, he'll play. He loves to play. He loves the group. He's, he loves the Leicester squad, and he'll give his all to play football because that's the kind of player that he is. And I think, I think the actions or how he's been managed and advised. Could quite, have, could quite well have jeopardised that. But I think we have, will show on the pitch that that's not
0: the case. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Virgil van Dijk there. I mean, and there's a number of clubs that are coming out of this transfer deadline. And uh, obviously there's another debate going on about when that should actually shut to avoid yeah. all this. But there's a number of clubs now that are going to have to reintegrate players that have, have become uh, unhappy or there's unrest around them. Um, I don't think personally that's going to be an issue with Mares and I City. Don't. I think they'll be able to, because he showed leading up to the international break that he, you know, he was committed, he was performing... He was, he was Leicester City's most dangerous player at Manchester United in the last game, I felt. Um, so I don't think there's going to be a problem there, but it, it, is, there, is that lingering doubt in the mind that now that transfer window's shut, that he might shut down for a, a few months and hope
1: for the January window to come and get his move? Well, if he does, he won't play. Oh, exactly. So we'll be able to showcase him. To no, exactly. If, 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 that, if he does down tools or doesn't put the performance in, Shakespeare has warned him over the summer and said over the summer numerous times, if that happens, he just won't play. And... As we said before, is the kind of player that just loves playing football. I don't think he'd... He wouldn't want that to happen. He, he, he has enough respect for the club, his fellow teammates, who he's done so much with, mm. and the club who's, who gave him his chance, who signed him as £400,000 from, from the second tier of French football, and the fans who have, who have cheered him all the way. Mares has enough respect for all of those not to do that. And also, if he, want, if he wants to get his move, if he wants to move in January he's got to perform. I think he's found out from his inconsistent performances last season, had he been as consistent last season as he was the season before then he may well have got that move. There may well have been that interest in him. So the thing he's got to do now is perform like that until January and then maybe he will get that It's
0: move. not like Shakespeare hasn't got any options behind him. Of, and of they, course not.
1: DeMari Gray's banging his door down
0: every week, isn't it? And they rejected a £25 million offer from Bournemouth exactly. uh, close to the deadline. So plenty of options for Shakespeare if that is the case with Maris. Now let's um, let's look at head to Chelsea. Yeah. Um, it's been a t- tough start so far. <laughs> Arsenal, Man United away yeah. now with the champions visiting uh, the King Power Stadium, and obviously the drink water situation, the Kante situation. Going if they carried on like this, they might as well just change their name to Leicester City, <laughs> Chelsea, <laughs> know, yeah. aren't they? But the same colour, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have to change the kit too much. But um, you know, it's interesting that it's such a tough start, and we got it's a stern test again. Uh, at the King Power Stadium but what a great way to kick off the action again after the uh, international break
1: Yes I mean I'm not the biggest fans of international breaks England football doesn't international football doesn't inspire me as much as it probably should do Um, I think a lot of that is years and years and years of of mediocre football I know Vardy's playing um, and that gives me one reason (laughs) to watch it Uh, but we all love the Premier League being back don't we Mm. and it feels like it's been a long long break and yeah, I think it's going to be an excellent return. There are positives to build on, I think, for Leicester. And while it'll be a, t- a tough game, um, Chelsea have shown that they're, they're not the imperious, resolute team that waltzed the Championship last season. They've already shown signs of a little bit of a soft underbelly. It'll be interesting to see whether Antonio Conte is happy with his business, the business the club did over the, uh, over the uh, summer. He's not the kind of player to, uh, manager to hide those feelings somewhat. Um but, yeah, I think it'll be a, a, a tough test, but I think Leicester have got chance to, to give them some fries. I would just wait for somebody to
0: put 50p back in the metre there, but we'll carry on. Antonio Conte was pictured <laughs> yes. on the beach reading a book of English f- football phrases. I don't know yes. if you saw that. No, so not He must be preparing for uh, his, his visit to the King of Parasite. You last go time, talking,
1: I'll give you him to the light
0: back. Yeah, yeah. Last, uh, last time he came, he was devouring cake in the media suite, so Antonio Conte is the... Uh, He's an interesting manager. And I think he's done a wonderful job at Chelsea. Let's talk about Leicester City uh, and how they might line up because so far it's yeah. been pretty rigid, has not it? Um, Four-four-two. They've been uh, performing, and the transfer windows closed. Dragovic, who played against Wales in the day, we saw him. He's coming. He's given them another option. Obviously, as soon as the has come through, Silva's there. We hope Vicente Bora, who we haven't seen, yeah. uh, will be fit. Ian yeah, Nacho's played half an hour for Nigeria now. As we speak, he could have another game. Um, it looks like we're getting some of the players back now. It gives some great options yeah. to Craig Shakespeare. So how do you think they might line? You? Do you think they'll um, change anything?
1: I don't know. I think the, interest, the most interesting thing for me is with the departure of Drinkwater, we have seen, we saw in their title-winning season with Drinkwater and Kante how their energy in the middle of midfield, doing the, the work of essentially four midfielders between the two of them, that was so crucial to the way Leicester played and they, how they struggled to do that Season after with Kante departing and kind of until they brought in Didi and you had that energy. How it'll be interesting to see now without Drinkwater there and just Ndidi being there as your kind of energetic box box midfielder. How they'll deal with that because we haven't really seen Ebora much. We saw him in pre-season. He doesn't really look like the kind of looks a classy player, a composed player, but he doesn't really seem the kind of buzzing energy player that mm. we we've come to know from Drinkwater and Kante From we from speaking to. Of sporting fans or Portuguese football fans, still was not necessarily the same kind of player either. So how Leicester f- fit those in is going to be interesting, whether they have to look at putting three in midfield and how that changes things, whether that changes things are going three at the back. Because going three at the back with wing-backs allows you to have those three men in midfield. Leicester have got the players who can play wing-back. Albright has done brilliantly there before. Fuchs and especially Chilwell can do well there. Then that allows you to put three in and it also enables Shakespeare to play Vardy and Iheanacho alongside each other up front. Mm. That is exciting, but then that leaves the question of where does Riyad Mahrez play? Does Riyad Mahrez play? He can't play at wing-back, he's not defensively minded enough, but then can he play in the hole behind Vardy and, uh, and Nacho? Yes, he can. But then that returns us back to the question of can you play with two central midfielders who are mobile enough with the likes of Ebora and Silva? really interesting how he's going to go about lining it up he probably won't change much for Chelsea he probably will play 4-4-1-1 uh, but it is really exciting to see because Leicester now have loads of options with loads of different pros and cons and different attributes how, he all, how Shakespeare puts them into, the, um, into practice is going to be exciting to see
0: Well I don't think he'll change from the no, back four at the moment um, I think with uh, Danny Simpson you can't play Danny Simpson anywhere else but a conventional yeah. um, uh, full back uh, I think he'll stick with that flat back four because uh, they've try and tested now this season with Morgan and Maguire, even if hoofs fit. Mm. But then you look at me there's so many options. It'll be really interesting to see. I mean, one Portuguese fan described Silver as, a, as horse. a horse. He's a horse in midfield. I mean, I, I, I don't know whether he means a workhorse or a of character. Yeah, but... he must be a workhorse. So we know we're going to have an industrious player that's pretty good on the ball because you know, all Portuguese players <laughs> tend to <laughs> yes, be sure. excellent on the ball. So um, now
1: it will be interesting to see how they line up. What moving. about a centre back? Um, nice. if, who, if who's back and Wes is fit and Maguire's fit Maguire starts for me every time exactly he's now become
0: the first choice yeah, centre definitely. back for me uh, and then you put the, the skipper alongside him because I thought Wes Morgan had a decent yeah. game at, at, at Old Trafford pulled off some great blocks gets himself in good positions um, they, didn't, they didn't carve City Open that many times and you know the, the long distance shots were yeah. Pogba mostly so um, they're gonna have to defend like that and do it for 90 minutes mm. against this Chelsea side. But you're, I think you're right as well. What you say about Chelsea lacking that little bit of that fire without Da Costa? You know, he was he was a nasty piece of work and he used to rough teams up and he used to um, lead from the front in many respects. And they've lost that now, so they're a little bit of a, a softer touch than they were last season for yeah. me. But Burnley exploited that really well, yeah. especially at set plays. So it's it's a mouth-watering prospect. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. There's new players on the show. Uh, they, the international break is over. It promises to be, uh, you know, the season really starts now for me until the next international break. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a very long one. Yeah, so um, check back with us on the Mercury website. It's all from Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong. Uh, All the Leicester City news will be on the Mercury website and on our Facebook page. Uh, We have live blogs running every day as well. Don't forget your free beer, beer52.com. Just use the magic word Leicester uh, to uh, register for your free beer as well and check back with us soon.